Thank you, Missy. If you would, open your Bibles to the book of James, chapter 1. And we'll be looking at verses 13 through 15. And as you're turning there, when you think about sin, when you think about temptation, Satan makes sin look good. But, you know, our own desire, our own lust can also make sin look good. Think about it. Before we fall into sin, we're tempted. And then this temptation, regardless of whether it comes from Satan or it comes from our own lust, whatever the form it takes, it makes sin look good. For example, let's think about if eating a piece of cake was sinful. The smell of the cake entices us. The look of the cake entices us. We're tempted by it. And our desire for that cake makes the cake look good because of how we're enticed. Our own memory, because we probably had cake in the past, our own memory makes the cake look good because we remember how it tastes. Then what happens? We take a bite. And we think, well, this won't hurt if we take one little bite. Who's ever going to know about it? And then what happens? That one bite is all it takes to fall into the trap of sin. And as a result, instead of taking the one bite, instead of eating the one piece, we generally would eat the whole cake. Whether Satan or our own lust, the way we are enticed, the way we view the sin, our memories or whatever it is, it makes it look good. Also, we think that no one will ever know, but God knows. God sees us when we're tempted. God sees us when we fall into sin. And then, if you think about it, those that are affected by the sin will also know because it affects them as well. So we think that we're hiding the sin, but everyone who is affected by the sin will know about it but God will also know. And this is how we are tempted. This is how we're trapped in sin. Because sin is made to look good. Look at James chapter 1, verses 13 through 15. It's written, Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. 
But every man is tempted when he is drawn away by his own concupiscence and is enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, as we come before you, just ask your blessings upon the reading of your word. And Lord, just be with us today as we study your word. Be with us today, Lord, as we just worship together. And just give us an insight and understanding of your word. And help us just to take what we learn today and apply it into our daily life. And Lord, I also just pray that if there is anyone here today that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, if there's anyone that needs to make any decision, I pray that you would speak to their hearts today. And Lord, we also, again, just lift up those that are sick and shut in, those that may be traveling, those that have lost loved ones. We just lift them up to you, Lord, and just ask your blessings upon each one. And again, Lord, I just pray that you would bind down Satan and let him have no part of this service. And Lord, just hide me behind the cross and let the words that are spoken be your words. Just ask this in your son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, in this passage of Scripture, James is writing about temptation and sin. Now, the first thing that we see, if you look at verse 13, James writes, Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. So the first thing that we see is that God does not tempt us. When we're tempted, it doesn't come from God. God cannot be tempted of evil, nor will God tempt us. But what we see, and we can see this in the book of Job, God allows, he allows us to be tested. He allows us to be tempted as a test of our faith. We see that with Job. What happens? Satan sits there and says, well, if, if you let me do this and this and this, Job's going to curse you to your face. God allows the temptation, that test, to take place. It's a test of our faith. But he does not tempt us because he cannot be tempted. He will not allow us or he will not tempt us himself, but he allows us to be tempted as a test of our faith. Secondly, look at what James writes in verses 14 and 15. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away by his own concupiscence and is enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. When we are tempted... James says that we are drawn away by our own lust. That old nature is still dwelling in us. It's still inside of us, deep inside of us. And what happens is, is we remember how sin feels. And if you think about it, whenever we sin... At the moment we are sinning, we give no thought of it. Because we're doing what we desire deep down. We are fulfilling this lust. And that's what James says. We're enticed by our own lust for these things. We're tempted by it. But we also see in other scriptures that Satan can also tempt us in the same way. 
He can use our own lust against us and tempt us. So we can be tempted two different ways, by our own lust and by Satan. And what happens? We get drawn away from God whenever we fall to the temptation, when we fall to the sin. We're drawn away by our own lust, we're enticed, and we fall to sin. And we can see this numerous times in the Bible. Numerous times. Now, if you look at the back of your bulletin, I just list several. I don't list every single instance. But these are are good examples to look at. Because we can see in these examples the temptation and how they fall to the temptation. How they're enticed by their own desire, by their own lust, and they fall. And the first place we look is Genesis 3, verses 4 through 6. When Eve is tempted by Satan, what happens? Satan appeals to her pride. He appeals to her own lust. This desire that she has. And she's tempted by this. Because what does it say? It says that when she looks at the fruit, she sees that it's good for food, fulfilling a desire for food, and then that it's also something that can make her wise, to give her knowledge. She falls to the lust of having this knowledge, wanting to be like God. And she falls to this temptation. Satan uses these things against her, and she falls. But then we also see that Adam falls as well because he sins as well. Adam and Eve were drawn away by their pride and their lust to be like God. And as a result, all of humanity was affected by it. Because we were also drawn into this sin. But we also see something a little different in Scripture. And I wanted to mention this because this is a little different. And it deals with Abram. Abraham was drawn away. But when you look at this Scripture, it never says he sins. It never calls this a sin. But what happens is, is we see their own impatience, their own desire get the better of them. Abraham and Sarah. Now think about it. God had promised Abraham land and descendants. God never told them when it would happen. But Abraham and Sarah wanted the promise fulfilled now. They wanted it now. They didn't want to wait on God. They wanted it now. They wanted it now and on their timetable and not God's timetable. So what happens? If you look at Genesis 16, 1 through 3, Sarah 
says, well, God has closed up my womb. He's withholding children from me. He gave you this promise, but he's withholding this from me. God wasn't withholding anything from her. God had promised children to Abraham, but it was going to be in God's time, not Abraham and Sarah's. So what happens? They're drawn away by their own desire for children. They're drawn away by their impatience. And as a result, Sarah gives Abraham her servant as a wife. They wanted children, but they didn't want to wait on God. And what happens? Hagar gets pregnant. She has Ishmael. But it causes problems for Abraham. Their impatience causes problems. It causes jealousy in the family. Sarah runs Hagar off, and then God tells Hagar to go back. And then after Ishmael is born, and Isaac is a baby, Sarah sees Ishmael mocking. We don't know what he was mocking, but she sees him mocking. And as a result, she tells Abraham to pretty much exile and get rid of Hagar and Ishmael. That was the result of impatience. Jealousy. It causes jealousy and family problems. Impatience led to this. But impatience can also lead to sin. Remember, this was not called a sin. But it can lead to sin. But it does lead to problems. But looking back at how people are drawn away and fall to temptation and it causes sin, all we have to do is look at Israel. Israel was drawn away from God and lusting after the things of Egypt. We see this from Exodus through Numbers, through Deuteronomy. All these different different times Israel wanted to be back in the land of Egypt. Lusting after the things of Egypt. Whether it was making a golden calf and saying, this is the God that led you out of Egypt. Or what we see in Numbers 11, 4 through 5 and Numbers 16, 13 through 14. They continue to lust after the things of Egypt. You've led us into this land and we had milk and honey back in Egypt. Continuing to be drawn away by their desire for the good things they had in Egypt. And if you remember, they didn't have good things in Egypt. They were slaves. But they were led away by their desire, by their lust. And it led to idolatry. It led to them rebelling against God. It led to them wanting to rebel against Moses and Aaron. It led to them going against the law. And we see it numerous times from Exodus through Deuteronomy, but then we also see it in the book of Judges. We see it with the kings. All the times they were led away by idols, 
wanting to be like the other nations, wanting to rebel against God. Numerous times they were led away into sin by their own lust. And for another example, we have David. King David. Now think about David for a moment. What does the Bible tell us about David? It says he was a man after God's own heart. Just look at the Psalms that he wrote. He was a man after God's own heart. Yet that did not keep him from being tempted by his lust. What happens? He sees the wife of Uriah the Hittite, Bathsheba, bathing and he lusts after her. Even after he found out that she was married, he lusts after her and he commits adultery with her. And then when she gets pregnant, he tries to hide it by calling Uriah back from battle and getting him drunk. But Uriah was an upright man and he was not going to to go back to his home while the armies of Israel were out camping under the moon and the stars. He wanted it to be the same way so he wouldn't go back to his house. So David's plan was foiled. So what does he do? He has Uriah murdered, sending the letter to Joab with Uriah. And then he marries Bathsheba, trying to hide the sin. Yet you can't hide from God. David couldn't hide the sin. But we see that David was pulled away from God. He was drawn away into this temptation by his own lust. But look at what the sin caused. It caused the death of Uriah, the destruction of Uriah's family, the baby that was conceived in the sin died of a sickness. And then God tells David that the sword would not depart from his house. And David's own family was almost destroyed. David's son raped his sister. David's other son killed the one that had raped the sister and then led a rebellion against David. So it caused a civil war. All this because of what David did. It almost destroyed David and it almost destroyed Israel. That was the result of David's sin. But we also see how one can be led away by lust and into sin in the parable of the prodigal son. If you turn to Luke, chapter 15, verses 11 through 31, we see how the son was tempted by his own lust. He wanted his inheritance. He was tempted by that inheritance that he would get. And he asked for the inheritance before his dad had even died. He asked for this inheritance. He wanted that portion that would come to him. But what happens? After he gets his inheritance, he moves away to a different land to get away from his family, drawn away by his lust, and he squanders everything he has in riotous living. He sins. 
and waste everything he has on sin. He was tempted by what his inheritance could bring him, and then he squanders it with sin. But think about something. What was the result after the sin? What happens? When did he come to his senses? When he had fell so far that he was desiring to be fed with the slop he was feeding pigs. He didn't come to his senses until he was in the muck and the mire of a pig pen. That's how far he had fallen from God. Think about David. David didn't come to his senses or realize what he had even done until he was confronted by Nathan the prophet. It took Nathan confronting him before he came to his senses and realizing what he had done and how he had sinned against God. What about the children of Israel? It took God punishing them. Every time they would fall, God would punish them over and over and over until they would come to their senses. And did they ever come to their senses? No. God finally destroys the nation. And then when he sends them his own son, when he sends them the Messiah, they crucify the Messiah and then God destroys them by the Romans and disperses them throughout the earth for 2,000 years. And then Adam and Eve. What happens? They're kicked out of the garden. They're cursed. And God has to set up a sacrificial system for them to sacrifice to them a blood offering for their sins. But then when we look at Abram, remember, it never tells us that Abram sinned. But what did God have to do for Abram? God has to remind him of his promise. He reminds him, you're going to have a son. You're going to have descendants but you have to wait on me. He renews the covenant with Abram. But when we look at all of them, they were all tempted. They were all drawn away by desire, by lust. Satan was either using their lust against them or their own lust got the better of them. And all these examples. But in all of them we see that as a result problems were caused or they fell into sin. And they were almost destroyed. But the same thing happens to us today. Temptation is still the same. Sin is still the same. 
Someone once said the devil is an artist who paints sin in beautiful colors. And that's true. And he can do this because he, as the scripture tells us, he goes about like an angel of light, disguised as this angel of light. Because remember, he was the most beautiful angel ever created. He can make anything look good and he can entice us with it where we sin against God. But our lust, our own desire, can also do the same thing. We can be enticed by our own desire. It makes sin look good. And this happens because that old nature is still dwelling in us. So we can get attacked by two different sides. And it's always a struggle. Every day we struggle against it. But how do we overcome it? As a Christian, God gives us power to overcome it. He gives us power to overcome sin. And we can see this in the examples that I gave. Think about it. In every example... They didn't have to fall into sin. Think about that. Adam and Eve didn't have to fall into sin. Abram didn't have to be led away by his desire for children. Israel could have stayed true to God. David didn't have to fall to his lust. The prodigal son could have stayed with his father. All they had to do was turn to God. Reach out to God. Pray to God. Follow God's word. Or listen to what God had commanded. That's all they had to do. And God would have given them power to overcome it. God does the same for us today. He gives us the power to overcome sin. He gives us the power to overcome temptation. He gives us the power to overcome our own lust through the Holy Spirit that dwells in us. Remember, when we receive Christ as our Lord and Savior, we're indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God. He lives within us. All we have to do is rely on what God gives us. And we can overcome the temptation. We can overcome the sin. And we see this and we know this because God is more powerful than Satan. Satan is a created being. He's not as powerful as God. But we need the power God gives us to overcome the power of Satan. And we need to use this power in the name of Jesus Christ and resist the temptation and sin and the snares that come from our own lusts and from Satan. Keeping ourselves close to God. 
and ready to work for the kingdom. As James says in James 4, 7, submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. That's what we need to do to overcome temptation, to overcome sin, to overcome our own lust. We need to submit ourselves to God. We resist the devil in the name of God. And we call upon God to help us and Satan will flee. But also we will have power over our old nature as well that continues to try to get out and lead us astray. We need to rely on God for all things and at all times. Let's stand for prayer. Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, I just thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, for this day and that we could just come to worship today. And Lord, I just pray that you would be with us as we go into this time of invitation. Lord, if there's anyone here that needs to make any decision, I pray that you would speak to their hearts. Just continue to be with us and overshadow us with your love and watch care. We just ask this in your son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen.